What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 52 of the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyla Springer. I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's it going? I'm good, Kyle. How are you this week? I am doing pretty good. Uh, I finally went to go see Shazam yesterday. I saw it yesterday, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I happened to run into an old friend of mine there, so we got to watch it together. Oh, nice. That was fantastic. Um. But yeah, besides that, I'm I'm doing good. I I, I know you're kind of having a busy day today. Yeah, I have to rush off to a bridal shower as soon as I'm done recording. So if anybody's watching the video feed, I'm recording in my uh, an extra nice dress for no good reason. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Today we are talking about Spencer and Locke, uh, a graphic novel mm-hmm. by David. Pepos, uh, Jorge Santiago Jr. on the art Jodies, uh, and it was published by Action Lab. Mm. Uh, but let's see, more of that in just a sec. I was actually going to mention that this is the first time that it we is. are live streaming on YouTube for patrons only. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to live stream this out to everyone and their moms, uh, and it's fun. I, 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 I like being able to live stream all of yeah. these things out and have people stop by. But since this is kind of a book book club uh, style podcast, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make for great live streamed content. No. So <laughs> it's it's unfortunate. But um, the, the idea is that we, we do want people to read along or watch along with us at home uh, and then join us on these live streams patreon.com slash the whatnots for a single dollar this one this one it, it we don't even get that full dollar we get a, a fraction oh. of that dollar uh but for that one dollar a month you can get access to uh all of these private live streams there's going to be one every sunday at noon eastern time uh and you also get all our episodes early mm-hmm. uh, so before they hit public you will have the opportunity to listen to them uh that being said let's get on to talking about spencer and Locke for a little, yeah. little bit here melissa what did you what did you think well we have to start with the premise first because the premise is what really makes this something special yeah this is basically an adult crime drama calvin and hobbs it is a cop and his stuffed panther that he's had since he was a kid who he sees as, or who perhaps also is, you know how Calvin and Hobbes goes, it's real ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, his stuffed panther is also a full-time detective, and the two of them are out solving a murder, and it's all basically characters from the Calvin and Hobbes strips. Yeah, just like a crime drama. renamed and changed yeah, just a of tiny like, bit to fit the story and stuff yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like it's not Susie Jerkins, it's like Sophie Jenkins. Everything's yeah. just like a couple shades off. Yeah, it's it's literally what if Calvin and Hobbes grew <laughs> up to become hard-boiled detectives. Yeah! <laughs> and it's it's It's, it's energy- comic strip noir. Yeah, it's it like j- j- just the idea of that is really mm-hmm. fun to k- kind of play yeah. around with of of like, yeah, this is something that I know was a part of a lot of people's childhood and mm-hmm. people love it so much. What what did they do when they grew up? Like we mm-hmm. we don't have that part of the story really. Um 
and 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 so it's neat to be like well what if they did this what if they did that what if they yeah. did you know um and so it's 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 a lot of fun to think about of, of just where where all of this could go did did you read calvin and hobbes growing up i did we had a couple of those big paperback compendiums of it i'm 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 familiar with them i never had them and oh. i never read calvin and hobbes they're so, timeless. You could pick I've, one up today and have a great time. I've, I've seen bits and pieces because I the friend of mine that got me into comics, he was a big Calvin and Hobbes fan. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he had like five or six of those, you know, big, big yeah. compendiums. And uh, yeah, like I, I would look at them from time to time. I thought they were funny. I, I understood kind of what was going on that's like okay <laughs> we don't really know if his tiger is real or not you know uh-huh. it's it's most likely him just imagining him as real and he's just having fun but there are t- times where it's like i just i just need him to be real you, you, you know yeah like that's that's the whole thing and, and then i think the the thing about like not really seeing the father like you only saw is oh is, no is that right no, in the no. parent in the in the I comics, you them. saw his parents all the time. Okay. I don't know if they ever got names, but they were definitely a real vocal presence. I I was under the impression that yeah, you 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 saw them, but you never really saw like the details of their faces or or something like that. Like they they did what they did in this book where they were in shadow, but you saw the glasses. But maybe I'm wrong then. Um. But yeah, I I I never read Calvin and Hobbes growing up. You missed um, out. So I, I I still really enjoyed this book, but I I feel I feel like I missed a lot of of just like connections to these different characters and stuff. Yeah. Um. Like, did, having read that, do you feel like? There was a lot of like Easter eggs and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, and there's a lot like just about every named character is a parallel to a character from mm-hmm. the books, like the the principal, the old bully, you know, Halvin's childhood babysitter. Like they're yeah. all in here, and it's a lot of characters I forgot. I really remembered Calvin Hobbes, his parents, and the girl next door, and I forgot mm-hmm. everybody else just throughout the years. Interesting. And so this all of this came flooding back, and like the um. It was a very imaginative story. Like he would imagine, oh, I'm Spaceman Spiff. And so that's where Mm -hmm. the Rocket Man Reynolds pages come from. He'd imagine all like these big dramatic dinosaur fights while he's playing with his toys. And that's where like the the final battle in the dinosaur museum comes from. Everything parallels back to these stories. That's awesome. And is like I really liked the tone of these books. Because they're they've got that kind of dark, gritty, hard boiledness, but they're also such a sincere, loving tribute to what they're spoofing off of. Yeah, one thing that I really liked is uh, a lot of what they were doing in like present day times uh-huh. would kind of parallel things that I feel like I would see in in the actual Calvin and Hobbes comics. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll get into. Sp- Spoilers in in yeah. just a sec, but I there's I think my favorite part of the comic is a is a three panel. It's it's at the bottom of one of the pages, mm-hmm. and it's three p- panels, and it's uh they're in a car chase, and uh their their car is like drifting around a turn. And yes, the two outside panels 
are the car, but the inside one is this like flashback memory of what what it used to be like when they were kids, and it was them in their red wagon, drifting around a tree. So it it was like this continual motion of like, okay, this is what's happening, but in the middle of that, you get this. Here's what they did when they were a kid, and it's like this is like the exact same thing, except completely different yes so yeah yeah it, it, it was good it, it was fun mm. and it's a very short read too i, I yeah, think it it's took just me like four volumes half an well it's it's one volume four issues oh yeah it's, it's four issues um, yeah but yeah it took me i think like half an hour 40 minutes to read the whole thing like it yeah you didn't can blaze through this pretty fast and it's uh free on comiXology unlimited yeah, well, I, it, I, we always say like it's free on Comixology Unlimited, but you have to pay for Comixology Unlimited. <laughs> if you're already there, it's free to yeah. you. Yeah, it's like Netflix for comics. Yeah, if you don't already know. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into spoilers a, a, a bit here and some housekeeping as well. Let's yeah. do housekeeping first. I already mentioned that we are live streaming this on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm privately for our patreon supporters patreon.com slash the whatnots for single buck we'll get you access uh let's see what did we cover last week on the review show we did pen 15 15 yeah that's right uh pen 15 was a hulu or is not was you can still, it still get exists. it, it's yeah, it's it still exists it's new it's just like a couple <laughs> months old uh, it is a Hulu original comedy series. Lots of nostalgia, lots of like year two thousand aim, instant messenger, in sync boy b- 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 band madness. Mm-hmm. It's good. You guys should go check it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that we 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 also just recorded uh, an episode of the Captain's Log. Uh-huh. Lots of movie and t- yeah, TV we show talk, talk about our Avengers plans. Oh yeah. Uh, and since we both mentioned that we saw Shazam, be on mm-hmm. the lookout uh, for a new episode of the Reactor Core uh, coming sometime soon this next week. Hopefully it'll be out on t- Tuesday. I think we're recording that tomorrow if everything mm-hmm. goes according to plan. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we have a- another uh, Patreon-exclusive episode of yes. the review show on the horizon as well. We're hoping to record that in the next couple of days. Uh, and that one's going to be all about Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if 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 you uh, like what we do here at the Review Show or any of our other podcasts, uh, Patreon.com slash the Whatnots, and this time at the three dollar tier, yes. you get access to all of our uh, all of our exclusive content. I was like, what's mm-hmm. the what's the word when like yeah, it only bonus. happens on one They're thing that I you. just said like two seconds it's ago? Exclusive. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so for three dollars so. a month, you can get. We've done two so far, but we plan to do a lot more. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. The idea is to do one a month, um, and it'll be usually shorter episodes, kind of more condensed, more curated uh, stuff than just yeah. Like, hey, let's like, read this first volume of a book. Yeah, like we're not watching season one of Batman Beyond. You cherry picked out a couple different episodes mm-hmm. to kind of complete one arc. Exactly. Well, let's get on to spoilers yeah. about Spencer and Locke. So, poof, there's our spoiler thing. Okay, I, 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 I still need to come up with a sound effect to go with that. Some, like, swooshing swipe thing. I think, like, like a laser. Pew, pew, pew. 
Yeah, exa- <laughs> or, exactly or, that. Or, you know or, what I'm Or just me about. like, pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Spencer and Locke. Let's, let's see if I have my uh, thing working here. Uh, what one do I need to hit? Surfing. There we go. Is it working? There. So I, I have Comixology Unlimited pulled up, and I'm on the oh, nice. c- cover of the thing so people can see that and maybe every now and again we can go to a certain page mm-hmm. and uh show them what we're talking about um but yeah i i i really enjoyed this book yeah i i i i thought it was it's it's a fantastic just very different take on on something that i think a lot of people love and it's it's like it's short enough and it's bite-sized enough to be like well, that, that that was fun, but it's not like this long labor yeah. read. You don't have it's, to read ten volumes of a. You know. It's not Bart Kira, but it's yeah. also more than like one page. Have you seen that comic strip? That is, it's like a page from Watchmen, but it's Doug, and it's like this dark, Rorschachy Doug, and he's like, "I'm not trapped in Honker Burger with you. You're trapped in Honker Burger with me." That sounds amazing. And it's just this one-page joke comic. And this starts from, like, a similar place as that, but that's just, like, one page. It's a gag. This is four issues. It's a complete story. And it's more than just the joke. It's not just, oh, we took those characters you loved when you were a kid and we made them all, you know, gritty and adult. It's... It feels very sincere, and that's a tricky thing to do, to not go too far into just, like, it's edgy now. Yeah. There's something... And, and not not only sincere t- to Calvin and Hobbes, but yeah. just to crime stories in yeah, general. Yeah, just as on yeah. its own, yeah. And, like, it's not like we threw a bunch of dark things in here just to be dark. Like, they all have a different effect on mm-hmm. Locke. Locke is uh, the more obviously... <laughs> uh, philosophical name is the kid in this one so Locke is the kid and spencer is the panther yeah like Again, everything has an eff- other philosophers i'm not familiar with who spencer i can't was. think of that one okay. off the top of my head either Maybe i only can... know the philosophers that they mentioned and lost i'm, I'm gonna t- t- type in spencer philosopher oh, not, how do you spell philo- philosopher <laughs> i'm terrible at english uh spencer herbert or no herbert spencer huh he was an english philosopher biologist anthropologist sociologist oh, that's a good name for an animal then classical liberal political theorist of the victorian era mm. thank you wikipedia thanks <laughs> every every dark thing that has been happening has an effect on Locke. Like he doesn't just brush it off or anything like that. Um, like his babysitter when he was a kid, he had this really like kind of abusive babysitter, and she comes back into his life as an adult, and he's like shaken by it. Like it's a real emotional reaction to a very dark thing. Yeah. Which so keeps it from getting that like gritty, edgy kind of feel to it. So I, I want to back up just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, nonstop mentioned all of the comparisons to Calvin and yeah. Hobbes, and I, I said it's like, what, what, what if they grew up and became these hard-boiled detectives? And it's, it's a little bit different than that because I, 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 yeah. I don't feel like 
or at least I don't remember from what I have read, the small small amount. I don't feel like Calvin and Hobbes had that rough of a life. Oh, so they oh went yeah, back that's and, another big distinction. Yeah, they went back and changed some some things to help uh, kind of facilitate the story stuff of like. Uh, yeah, he like so the, the the whole thing with the babysitter yeah. and why uh, once he sees her again when he's older, there's there's kind of this sexual aspect going on yes. there where he he kind of walked in on her having sex with some some g- 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 guy uh, when she was supposed to be babysitting him, mm. and she's I I I guess so high or or. Yeah. or something that she like exposes herself to him and be like mm. oh you, you actually don't know what this is let me show you <sighs> and and yeah so th- there's 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 things like that mixed in yeah with the, the story the original calvin and Hobbes life it's pretty good like the worst stuff that happens to him is like maybe his babysitter just doesn't let him stay up and watch a movie maybe he flunks a test maybe his parents make him eat broccoli that's terrible. it what a terrible life <laughs> But for Spin, but for Locke, <laughs> his life is so much rougher. Like his dad disappears, his mom is drunk and abusive. He's got this terrible he babysitter. Ca- School his was mom- bad. Mom. Yeah, yeah. Like she's coming at him, and he like pulls out his dad's old gun and kills her. Yeah, <laughs> which is part of why he became a cop to sort of atone for it and protect other kids. Yeah. So it's it, it when when we say this is dark and gritty, yeah. there, there, it, there actually is some very dark stuff. It's not just oh, they're detectives now. <laughs> yeah, cool detectives. Mm. Um, no, there there is some some very very bad stuff that has happened in Locke's life. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I kind of wanted to talk about the art. Me as, too. As one of yeah. the main things. Um, so the art art's really cool. I like it a lot. I like that there's colors. Um, yeah. Which which just this that sentence by itself. Be like, I, I like that I like that there's colors. colors. Um, it it like Calvin Hobbes was never. Like I I remember it in black and white. I I know there are additions in color, right? Or, or certain ones. Um. Okay. The everyday Monday through Friday comic strips, like the little three or four panel comic strips, those mm-hmm. were done in black and white. Okay. The big Sunday strips, those were in color, and gotcha. there may have there might might have been like versions published later on in like compendium books that did have the Monday through Friday strips colored as well. That makes sense. I so the modern day stuff is an art style all on its own. Yeah. That's Jorge Santiago Jr. on the artwork. Um, and I, I think he does a fantastic j- j- job yeah. bringing these characters to life, making them look like uh, what you would expect as their, as their Calvin and Hobbes uh, like, a- a- analogs, mm-hmm. um, but still like not using that style, if that Ye- makes sense. Yeah, they um for every flashback to when Locke is a kid, that is done in a very good close Calvin and Hobbes style. Yeah, but for that's, everything that's when he's the only, in the, like, hey, yeah. here's the Calvin and Hobbes art style. And like when they would um go into the fantasy sequences, like mm-hmm. the Rocket Man Reynolds and the stuff with the dinosaurs fighting, that's also exactly like the comic strips because he would change his art style 
based on what Calvin was imagining. Okay. And there's even a panel where um, the girl next door, Susie in that, and it's Sophie in this, she's imagining that like the two of them are playing house and she's pretending they're married. It's like mm-hmm. one, uh, one of her fantasies. And he did all this research into like the soap opera comic strips, like the Brenda stars and things like that. And he drew it exactly in that style for just that's one strip that's Susie's fantasy. Yeah. Bill Watterson was great. Everybody knows this, but let's just take a moment and talk about how Bill Watterson was great. Yeah. He would change the style around based on the situation. And so the fantasy styles and the flashback styles in this match that, but the crime drama that's going on, that's its own style and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I I think the colors really help out a lot with that as well. Let me see. who's on the colors here does it say the full name and not just the name at the top colors by jason smith okay Um, and i i really liked the colors a lot in in this i i feel like yeah added um both to the like darkness of the book but he often used like these brighter colors to help make things pop yeah Um, and it, it, it really helps things to stand out. There's yeah, a lot and, of like purples and oranges and reds and stuff like that. So Yeah, the main story is done in a lot of like rich jewel tones. Like there is a lot of like, you know, sapphires and, and like emeralds and like purples and like, you know, streetlight oranges and things like that. It's yeah. like, it's dark, but it's not super dark, shadowy, dreary, washed out stuff. It's very rich. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, they're very expressive. There's some great facial expressions in this. The way action is drawn is fantastic. And this can be a brutal comic. Like it can get a little violent and yeah. the blood spatter effects every time looked really nice. Yeah. That's a quality comic book blood splatter right there. It's a fascinating book. Mm-hmm. Um it reminds me of I'm I'm blanking on his name. Uh oh, it's Francesco Francavia. He he when he colors a lot of his uh work in comics, he uses a lot of like purples and mm-hmm. oranges. Okay. Um, let's see, Francesco Francovia. Let's look him up on the Googles and see if we can get some artwork here. Um, yeah. Melissa, I know you can't see my computer right now, but yeah, it's the same, like, there's a lot of solid colors, it's a lot of purples and yellows and oranges and stuff like that and that's kind of what it reminded me of and uh francesco francovia's artwork is often very pulpy and Mm. like 19 like old 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 horror stuff i'm looking Ah. at an image right now of the invisible man uh, Mm. by 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 him and yeah it, it has that kind of pedigree to it and that's what this art reminded me of uh, it's the same kind of coloring, same, um, just like, hey, it's it's maybe a newer updated version of the, that, but it, 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 it harkens back to the, the old pulp det- detective stories and crime noir and stuff like that. So, 
There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the the, the actual? So yeah, let's d- d- dive into the actual like murder mystery plot of 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 the book. Uh, I liked it. It was, I think, just complex enough for four issues. I. I think for the most part, yeah. I, I liked how short it was. I will say I kind of I, – I think a second volume is coming maybe later this year. Oh. Um, I'm not sure. Um, and if I remember correctly, the villain in that one is supposed to be a spoof on Beetle Bailey. Whoa. If I'm not mistaken. Huh. Um, but, yeah, like I, I – I don't know. I I really like the idea of this book. I don't know if it needs to go on and continue going on and have more and more volumes. Um, I I, I would I like, like the... it. Go ahead. No, I would like it if they do kind of make it this comic strip extended universe. Because <laughs> I think to include one other character, okay, but include like, all right, and now here's funky winker bean now here's high and lois like he has to investigate a a domestic dispute case and it's the lockhorns or something like that yeah i mean like so it's i i I guess what i mean a little bit more specifically is this idea of it staying within the world of calvin and hobbs i felt this Mm -hmm. was good the way it was yeah um and sort of like my feelings last week on pen 15 i really liked the gag that they had or like that the the Mm -hmm. the concept but i felt like it overstayed its welcome and i feel like this does not it's short enough it's like okay i understand what this gag is you executed it well and you got out um and so if it continues I feel like it's going to be like, okay, you're just kind of going over the yeah, same things I over and over. I don't think it needs a continuation unless they really swing for the fences and kind of try the same approach for a lot of other things from that same medium. Yeah, which might be kind of interesting to be like, okay, next volume, sure, the main characters will still be Spencer and Locke, but everything is going to be a spoof on Beetle Bailey, or everything's oh. going to be a spoof on Dilbert. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would love, like, a Dilbert embe- embezzlement yeah. case. I want, like, the tech guy at police headquarters <laughs> to be, like, the boy from Foxtrot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, I, I, I don't necessarily need, like, multiple other comics mixed mm-hmm. into this one thing, but it just each volume is a love letter to I kind of like that, yeah. It, it would, would be kind of uh, neat. Imagine the Far Side volume. Yeah. What's that one? Yeah, that that I feel like that would be more of the spaceman stuff, and he just goes to all these <laughs> weird like, why are there targets on? Every, there's birds everywhere. Oh my god! <laughs> Space I man keep rebels. pushing this door and it doesn't open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, stuff like that would be really really fun to to see but that's the thing like i don't want it to overstay its welcome or start mixing in all of them at once or you know just continue with one big extended 10 volume story it's like no i just Mm -hmm. want each each volume to be its own thing yeah you can pick up any of the volumes out of order something like that would be neat yeah i 
I don't know if the story, the story as it is necessarily needs a continuation, but I do feel like it ended a couple pages too short because I wanted Locke to have a stronger scene with Hero at the end, which is his old childhood sweetheart, Sophie. This is her daughter and very strongly implied to be his daughter. And he doesn't know it, but... When, when they find her, yeah. they say, oh, she has a kid. Like, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who, who, I think who maybe knows, he but... doesn't know, but, like, other people thinks think that he knows, and he doesn't. Yeah. And and there's the whole thing of, uh, yeah, Locke's father basically mm-hmm. being like, hey, hero, I'm your granddad. Yeah. So it's, it's like, well, okay. <laughs> we kind of know what that means. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted there to be a stronger scene between the two of them, or some sort of a reunite, a, a reunion after he rescues her, or like a goodbye scene after he's taking her back to grandma's, and now mm. that mom's dead, she lives with grandma now, and he's like, well, you know, it was really good meeting you, you're very special, I'll try and visit, like I wanted some sort of a closing scene between the two of them that I didn't quite get, but I do love, like, the final page of the comic. Like, the actual final scene is perfect. I just would have wanted one other scene inserted before it. Because the final scene is he figures out who the murderer is. It's, like, uh, the old school principal. And he mm-hmm. goes and he he confronts her and he has the police take her away. And he's she's, like, yelling at him from the back of the cop car. And he says, huh, see you in the funny pages. Which is so, like, that is the old crime noir hard-boiled detective line yeah with the irony of yes yeah yes i'm, I'm showing the page right it's right a, now at the end per, it's the perfect ending line so i don't want anything after that i just would have wanted another like more emotional closure scene right before that yeah that makes sense i i i kind of feel like um we didn't get that or we 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 might not get that only because mm. i i i fe- i feel like sp- I, I feel like Locke, as as you mentioned is trying to atone for yeah. killing his m- 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 mother and so he, he, i i think he sees hero in in more of like as himself of like hey here's someone that i i can prevent yeah. from turning out like me which mm. is then why we get the moment between hero and spencer rather yeah. than hero and Locke. yeah yeah that scene between the two of them is fantastic yeah um and and j- just for for p- 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 people out there to know what scene i'm referring to is when uh at the end of the the the, the book when they're in the dinosaur museum uh and they hide in a closet and it looks like one of the bad guys is about to get them i, th- I think it's mm. the father um, maybe or i guess hero's granddad or something i don't remember um but they're they're about to open the closet door that they're hiding in and it it in like we hear a gunshot and we see uh, from one perspective or the initial perspective that it was uh, Spencer that that mm-hmm. shot this guy and was like, I I mentioned that I was or not mentioned, but I promised. Yeah. <laughs> a mention, a promise, you know, <laughs> potatoes, potatoes. 
um but he was like i i promised that i would keep you safe mm-hmm. um and 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 then we get another panel and it's it's a different perspective and it's hero holding the stuffed animal with the with the gun in her and so it's like, oh, she was the one that. Wow. It's still okay. Really yeah. ambiguous, though. No, because the panel right above that, it's Spencer kind of hugging Hero, and their hands are like half out of frame. Uh-huh. And I looked at it real closely, and it's also conceivably, he was physical. He was physically, corporeally there, and he had the gun, mm-hmm. and he was sort of morphing back into his stuffed animal form and as he does that he hands the gun back to her okay yeah like if you look at it again it's like really perfectly framed so that their hands are like just out of view and it looks like that could be what's going on but it's not obvious which is the whole thing in calvin and Hobbes. like it really looks like it's a stuffed animal that he's fantasizing about but Mm -hmm. do we know for sure is that real and this comic does that exactly. And I think that one panel is such a great execution of that concept. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the pages uh, right now. So we, we see... We, we, we have, there's a big red like a, a image with Spencer with the gun. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like he 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 was like I will always protect you, and yeah, he must. I mean, he, he must hand her back the gun. But when when that that last panel, she's uh, sitting down on the ground hugging him, and she has the smoking gun. It's still smoking, yeah. so mm-hmm. I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> but who knows? Uh, I it's. It's that middle panel. It's that middle panel that either makes it or breaks it, and it doesn't do either, well, which is has, the whole point of the story. He, well, he has – he's on her right side, okay. and he has his, like, paw, like, on her chest. But, yeah, I mean, that could be him handing the gun back. I don't know. It's oh, that's strange. how I read it is this, like, oh, kind of end of inception mm-hmm. moment where it's could you know, stand you know, for you either know what happened yeah 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 plus exactly. like Locke has spencer drive the car when they're in a car chase <laughs> and i think that car is a little bit too much control to just be let wild while Locke is like hanging out the window shooting people yeah like it seems like there's probably not a good driver but there's some hand on the wheel yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things it's like yeah we see him be this stuffed animal, so we get the idea maybe he's not real, but there are things like that. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're the one driving the car. What is really going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, which which I, I like that a lot, that it, it's it's you're not really sure mm-hmm. what's what's what there. Um, but we kind of got sidetracked a little bit on the actual plot of the, oh, the, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I felt like if this was going to be any longer, I felt like it maybe could have used just one more issue. Um, there were a, th- a couple yeah. things that I, um, thought moved really, really fast and it was just like, okay, I, I don't necessarily understand why or what's happening exactly, but I'm picking it up, you, you know, like a p- 
page or two, or two late being like oh, okay so that's what happened you know mm-hmm. um so just it, yeah just a, like a couple more pages at least to k- kind of explain things a little better um rather than it, you know it maybe it was the case of like hey we'll give you four ish issues and that's all you mm-hmm. that's all the space you have you, you yeah know? um which is fine but yeah like i i it wasn't clear to me that he was going back to his hometown um to where this case took was he in like a big city to begin with and then went home i i I think so i mean there's that scene where he finds the body in the alley and it looks like he's in more of a city but we we don't really get many like city shots in Mm -hmm. this book that i remember but or or just like what the landscape is right you know if they're in a city or in a town or something like that but it it seemed like he hadn't been like back in that neck of the woods for a while um and like to to, to have him come home to this case and have you know have him mm-hmm. t- 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 take on this case or at least this this section of town yeah yeah that's what it felt like to me like he hadn't been to you know where my old school was yeah where i grew up yeah um but so so he he comes back and like i i i didn't un like i i i understood it but didn't pick up on that right away um until like later on in the book and i felt like that maybe should have been something made clear earlier on in the book maybe it was and i just missed it but that that was a small thing um and then then i i guess the connection between him and the victim the dead girl i forget her name uh it's sophie sophie Sophie, yeah um because like there's a couple times where he mentions like that's my girl but then like it, it like they it, they didn't seem to really have a relationship like we mentioned it's implied that hero is his daughter but he doesn't know so yeah. obviously they don't like they're not close anymore like Again, they he's don't into that section of town he, yeah, like, yeah I, they don't really seem like exes or anything this uh to reference back to some other things you and i have discussed recently on the podcast mm-hmm. It might be like a happy scenario where he was with her and they split before he found out she was pregnant. So that's why other people are like, that's your daughter. And he's like, well, I don't have a daughter. But it also seems like it might be kind of a a pushing daisy scenario where maybe after, you know, his dad ran off and his mom died, he was moved away and they were childhood sweethearts and then didn't see each other again. But maybe had like you one they had like one night together later on in their twenties mm-hmm. or something like that, and he just doesn't. Oh, who knows why he doesn't really remember it? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff like that that I didn't get or I I didn't understand, and so that's c- kind of why I was wondering if like, hey, is like some of this stuff implied because of like the the references to calvin and Hobbes and stuff like like should i just assume some things i i was a little bit lost 
The there. relationship that Calvin and Susie uh, is her name in the comics. The relationship they have is that she is like they they're frenemies, really. Like neither one really has a crush on the other one. Yeah. Like she kind of makes him play house with her and like pretend to be her like husband while they're like taking care of stuffed animals and having tea parties and things like that. There was that one little panel where I think he throws a snowball at her. Mm-hmm. And is yeah, which and, is and, very and, true to Calvin in the comics. Yeah. And 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 then she, she's mad and upset. It's like, oh, I know how to deal with you. And then she g- g- goes and kisses him, and mm-hmm. he's, he's just like, what, 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 what is that? Yeah, yeah, that that's kind. That is that is kind of like the relationship they have in the comics, from what I remember. Yeah, is it she? She likes him, but is also kind of fed up with him. Love is complicated. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like that's the standard. I mean, look at think about a peanuts. Like that's the standard comic yeah. book, comic strip little girl thing. Is I like you, but you know, I will also hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think besides that, I think also, uh, like it it was short enough where I I I followed most of the stuff, but I I feel like there wasn't any room for me to actually figure out what was happening on my own, um, which is a little disappointing. Like, that's partly why I like detective fiction and murder Mm -hmm. mysteries and stuff, because there's that chance of like, oh, maybe I can put the the clues together. Uh, And I think the the big clue was when uh, they go to the strip club and he's looking in the, like, office and finds all these things behind a l yeah and at that moment like we like i don't know like yeah i i i figured that that uh i think they maybe had shown his father at some point before then but it was Mm. like one or two panels it was really short i I, I just i yeah like you don't know his name and it's also not clear that Locke is Locke's last name Yes. If that's the case. Yeah, which they call him Mr. Locke. But yeah, that's again, we don't really know if that's his yeah. last name. But then what was really strange is when he's fighting in the museum. Uh-huh. I think there's there's a time where uh, where his his dad calls him Locke. Yeah. Like, that's really weird to me. Yeah, what is, what is this like a Mario Mario situation? But like, like in like I'm I I tried to p- p- picture my dad being like, "All right, listen here, Springer," like, and I'm just like, <laughs> "No, that's not that's not that's, that's not what you do. It's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how it goes." Like I like I I I see that from certain people in like high school or college, like in sports or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? And like that's kind of what it is. It's this very like other like someone outside of my family, outside yeah. of like, and like all right, Springer, get in line, blah blah blah. You know, some like military thing. But then, mm. even then, like I don't feel like Locke was a military kid, no, or his dad wanna... was either. Yeah, I don't, that's like... kind of like a that is a little lapse in continuity i think that it's not like we are we get we're given those initials and we are not able to we don't have the tools there to figure out who it is yeah 
I read this. I read uh, the first issue, and then a couple days later, I finished off the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Did they mention? Do you remember when they first uh, go to the school? Does the principal mention that there's like a drug problem? Because in the end, that's why she's the one that killed Sophie. And she killed her because Sophie had been trafficking drugs into the school, and it was causing all of these problems. And the principal wanted everything. She wanted a good school again, so she thought, "I'm going to kill this." teacher who's been dealing drugs and that'll end it like was was there a a truck problem in the school like it didn't look like a great school but it didn't seem like it was in that dire straits but maybe i just don't remember because it was a couple days since i read that see uh i'm looking for the page right now i think they they get to the school uh and they see her with her cheap stomach pills. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think they ca- 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 called them dollar store stomach pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. This is not. This is not my school, and I'm offended that you would even ask that. Oh no. Uh, Locke mentions we've heard about weapons drugs. Okay. Confiscated from the students. So he mentions that, like, okay. hey, at like the. Police have gotten rep- reports of this in the past, um, so it's. It, I, I would say that's a fairly known problem then for the school. Okay. And then yeah, and then she has a like reaction to that, an angry reaction. Yeah, I, I mean there there is still a lot of detective fiction out there that like are th- is the kind that it's like, hey, you're not going to be able to figure this out. Detective Conan, you know, <laughs> case close. I love that show, but you can never figure out Eddie. It's like, how how would you ever figure that stuff out? Which, so, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing that we're like, oh, okay, that, you know, signified his father's initials and stuff like that. I don't mind that. It's just, um, I guess for me, it's that push and pull of like, okay, I get the concept of the like Calvin and Hobbes comparison, but I also just really like your detective story, and I want mm-hmm. like a more like fleshed out case, if that makes sense. Like I want more details with that, mm-hmm. and then and and I, and I didn't necessarily get that, but I also like how short it was because of its idea, and I not mean like not wanting it to go on longer than it needs to, so. Who knows? There you go. Um, let me see. So let let's talk about the space, the Rocket Man Reynolds stuff. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah that that was interesting. What what did you think when when that first happened to like show up? Oh well, I knew what it was from. I remembered like that was. Uh, like I said, my memories of the specifics of the comics have kind of dwindled. Like I forgot about mm-hmm. the bully character and the and the principal and the babysitter and other assorted minor characters like that. Spaceman Spiff, I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad they were able to put in Rocket Man Reynolds and the dinosaurs and the transmogrification box. See, I I I wouldn't get that reference. Of yeah, just that's like... from the comics. Okay. 
The only thing I from the comics I wanted more of was the snowmen, but I understand yeah. like how are you going to fit those? That in? one I recognized. I was like, I yeah. know that's from the comics, but uh, yeah, this the Rocket Man Reynolds thing I think was really interesting for me, and I think it's it's also one of the reasons why I don't feel like this story overstayed its welcome. Yeah, because most of that the third issue was in this Rocket Man Reynolds. He he was injected with this concoction of Mm -hmm. narcotics and you know all a whole bunch of stuff, and so he's like hallucinating and imagining that he is this like spaceman thing, and everyone is an alien and stuff like that. But it's it's a it's a good change of pace, and I'm I'm wondering if. That third issue was just more of the detective stuff. If I would have been like, okay, it was a little bit too long in the tooth, but because yeah, they it like, give you yeah be, enough breaks it from changed it, changed it up. It was like, oh, okay, here's something new. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think there was a really smart use of that. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So, um, yeah, because I, I I loved it. It changed the like, like it went from the more like darker pur- i mean mm-hmm. it's still like yeah bright purples and stuff like that but this is more like neons and pinks and greens and stuff like that rather yeah. than the like dark pur- pur- purples and yeah oranges and stuff like that so yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a really cool i think that was my favorite issue yeah that was a cool one i liked how they included all of these fantasy elements from the original comic strip mm-hmm. And included them in really smart ways and gave them enough weight. It's not like a throwaway line he has where he's like, duh, I remember trying to escape from my life as a kid. I'd pretend I was a spaceman or I was in a dinosaur world. Like, it's beyond that. This they is could the real have, world now, Spencer. Yeah, they, <laughs> they could have done that and left it <laughs> there. They're like, no, what can we really do with Spaceman Spiff in this you know, hard-boiled detective story? And I like the um, him thinking about the dinosaurs throughout the last issue and if the dinosaurs saw their death coming or not. Because he's yeah. really feeling like this is the end of the line for me. I don't think I'm going to get out of this case alive. And his monologue about like, you know, maybe it wasn't the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Maybe they knew it was coming and were already essentially dead inside by the time the meteor hit them. Yeah, he's he's just kind of reflecting on himself of like, yeah, maybe I'm already dead inside. Like, I'm such a bad person and bad things are continuing to happen despite me trying to atone that I should just give up, you know, mm-hmm. Um which is an in an interesting comparison for him to make. Yeah, and that's Calvin and Hobbes is a you know you can tell from their names it's a very philosophical comic right. book. Yeah, there's so there's so many panels that's just them riding their wagon through the woods and like talking about life, like yeah. capital L life. And I like that they put a little bit of that in towards the end in this comic book. Well, yeah, I mean the 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 whole thing with detective fiction is there's often this inner monologue. Like, yeah. So there I was thinking that she had a you know blah 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 blah, um, and yeah, there 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 often is this kind of philosophical debate going on within the character's head, and so that is abs- absolutely in this book. One thing I wish they did differently, I think mm-hmm. I think it is issue 
three or four it's closer to the end where that narration switches to be spencer's and not Locke's. but it's oh still, yeah it's still on the same uh it looks like lined paper that they've mm-hmm. written down like it 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 didn't change styles of to like to oh, denote yeah. that it's someone else's uh stuff which is just a, a, a nitpick on my part yeah they, you can tell from narrative context but there's no visual shift like right. there's no different font or different color or something like that to tell you another character is speaking or narrating now but you know that they they at least thought of that to some degree because when he is rocket man reynolds it changes to this like neon green like yellow and green it looks super 90s but like mm-hmm. yeah like sci-fi 90s uh like narration box and so it's like like they they, they at least thought of it at some point uh but then I, I guess just lumped in all of like all of the real narration if, if mm-hmm. that makes sense into yeah. one look so yeah who knows um, but that that would be my one nitpick, I think, out of all of this stuff. Yeah, what an art kid thing to pick out. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's also just me, like, as a graphic designer. Being like, <laughs> this is someone else's voice. Like, you, you need to... You need to... Make d- it navy that. instead yeah. of black. Yeah. Use <laughs> blue and white or something to mm-hmm. denote that it's it's Spencer and not Locke. Um, so uh, I, I was l- looking up this up on Wikipedia uh, before we started doing the episode. And of mm-hmm. course, there's all these comparisons to Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, but Wikipedia also mentions uh, Sin City, Dare- oh, yeah. Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, and The Dark Knight Returns. And... I don't know. I, I don't know how much I would really say this comic pulls from that, other I than can like kind yes. of see Sin City. Uh, to me, other than like yes, those other comics are also like dark, gritty <laughs> crime stories. You know, um, I, I I guess yeah. The only other one I can think of would be Sin City. Uh, because often when there is a big, like, violent moment, it mm-hmm. goes into these panels that are uh, red, white, and black. There's there's one right here. I'm looking at a page. It's, it's, it's in the Spaceman. Uh, they're the Rocket Man Reynolds one. And he uh, is choking a guy with a chain and mm. you hear like it the next panel is him snapping the guy's neck and it's yeah. he's in in like all white with some black details and then the background is like red and it's just mm-hmm. crap in the background so yeah it's 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 neat stuff that they do but that like that happens often enough but not often enough that i feel like it it was really pulling from Sin City. I, I can understand how it would be inspired mm-hmm. by that, but I don't know. Like, did 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 you see anything else besides <sighs> Calvin and Hobbes that you're like, I oh, didn't... this really reminds me of? Uh, I didn't pick out any one specific like, oh, this is the crime drama. They're mostly spoofing because yeah. it just sort of felt like all the classic 
tropes. Like nothing seemed very specific to me. I can see how that somebody would compare it to Sin City because based on having seen most of that movie once at a sleepover when I was 15 and I slept through parts of it, I think it had a similar like traveling around like we're here we're here we're going to all these different locations we're talking to a person here and there which i guess most crime stories do mm-hmm. they also had that kind of seedy underbelly i think there were strippers in that also yeah. but how many stories also have strippers this kind of gr- rolls into my like recommendation for the end of the episode but this really reminded me mostly of happy yeah and i don't know if that would have already been out when this was created um when was this first published um the first issue came out april 2017 uh so two years ago Mm. interesting um i i I don't let's see actually let me let me look up when happy came out happy Mm -hmm. comic book by grant morrison um come on come on come on wikipedia where are you at i don't see it on (laughs) somebody has to know uh let's try goodreads see what they have any publishing information i don't see any publishing information what come on dr google don't fail me um well, I think that the the show came out in like yeah the, the winter show... 2017, 2018. So that the comics probably a few years older than that. The show is more recent, yeah. Um, publish. <gasps> yeah, that's that's the closest comparison to me because it's got that same. You know, a hard-boiled detective with a tough past life is... Yeah, I I, I, th- I think that's a good recommendation. You know, has an imaginary friend that may or may not be physically corporeal, has to save a little girl that uh, is supposedly his daughter, you know, goes from... You know, there's sinister adult figures, there's a strip club scene, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I... I... I can't find the publishing information off the top of my internet head. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I think that's a good recommendation. Uh, something else that I've been interested in checking out, uh-huh. I, I haven't read it yet. There is a, uh, a French comic by the name of Black Sad. Uh, okay. Which is a You've mentioned am- this before. I, have I? Yes. Uh, it must have been some crime show thing that we were uh, talking it's a very, about. It's a very specific name, so I, I remember Black Sad. Black Sad. Um, it, well, it's, it's a very well-known comic, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, I believe, a French comic. It's a cr- crime story, but it's an anthropomorphic story, and the main character is this, bla- is this big black cat. Uh, and okay. so it, it, he, it, he looks kind of like Spencer in 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 this story. So I would check that out mm-hmm. if you guys in, in, enjoyed this and want some more yeah. crime story comics. I would. I have one final little note. Uh, what was the writer of this comic book's name again? David Peppis. Okay. 
apparently he's a local boy. Because I was t- I was telling my For... brother that what he's from Missouri. Yes, or... he's local to me. I should be more specific. I don't I don't know if anybody's from Virginia. I never look that information up. Well, I I, I assumed you didn't mean me, but you said local boy, and I, I like I I know you have this thing of being like yeah everything from Missouri. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's he's from around the St. Louis area. He's from like St. Charles or St. Peter's, which are some of the outlying suburbs. I was telling my brother we were reading this for the podcast this week, and he's like, "Oh, he came into my store once because Jams used to work at a comic book store." Okay, and he said this guy did a signing there one afternoon, and Jams was That's in charge awesome. of making like the little sign for we're gonna have this guy here this day. This is who he is. This is what he wrote, and he put like hometown hero on this little sign. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and the guy really liked it and like took the sign with him and kept it. <laughs> yeah, there you this, go. Six degrees my... of separation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. And that was uh, a, a really delightful surprise. That's awesome. Um, So I'm, I'm again, looking at Wikipedia for Spencer and Locke. And mm-hmm. uh, where did I see that it was going to be a Beetle Bailey thing sequel? Here we go. A sequel to Spencer and Locke was officially announced in October 2017 by Action Lab Comics during New York Comic Con, the series which will feature a dark, uh, which will feature a dark parody of Mort Walker's Beetle Bailey named Roach Riley, will be released in 2019. So maybe sometime later this okay, year. Okay, we'll but get is the that sequel. like? That's not specific if it's a narrative sequel, if like Spencer and Locke meet this other foe, or if it's just a spiritual sequel. Sequel like. We're doing the exact same kind of treatment we did for Calvin and Hobbes to another comic strip property. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. There might be some more articles out there about it. If, I mean, information might be out there already, considering it's already 2019. It is. Um, it's future now. So, yeah. So, ho- ho- hopefully sometime this year, the second one will come out. Uh, looks like there's a note here about a film adaption. Whoa! I, I don't, I don't know exactly what that means, but that th- that's one of those things. It's like I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, that happens to a lot of comics where it's like it's been optioned for a movie and then it never happens. Aren't we getting an Amona movie this year? Did that one actually make it all the way to the big time? I have no idea. I'll have to check up on that. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all I have to say. Yeah, on this Spencer and Locke. Yeah, it's really fun. It's not just a really inventive premise. It's got a lot of smart writing and beautiful artwork to go back it up. So yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Melissa, it is your turn to pitch what we're going to do for next week. What have you got for me? So we were just talking about comic book movies. We're in a season full of them right now. We had... Captain Marvel recently, and Shazam, and Hellboys next week, and Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. There's so many big superhero comic book movies out there. So I wanted to take a little bit of a break from that, and we are doing superhero movies that aren't based on any comic book. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. They're all original and unconventional. None of them are the real traditional superhero story. Pitch number one is Unbreakable, the 2000. Ah. 
Yes, the 2000 movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who you were recently disparaging based on his performance with Avatar The Last Airbender, but this is one of his best films. This one is rock solid. It is. I, I haven't seen it since I was like a teen. It's been a long time, but I remember loving this. Did, and did, did you want to do only that one or the whole trilogy? He is spinning it out into a full trilogy now. Like there is spl- um, uh, Sp- Split was the split. Okay, I was like, it's one. not Splice. It's something else. It's Split and then it's Glass. Those surprise all formed one continuity together. I wanted to do just Unbreakable. Okay, we'll stick and with that the, first one then. The basic description of this is a security guard, having been the sole survivor of a high fatality train crash, finds himself at the center of a mysterious theory that explains his consistent physical good fortune. When news of his survival is made public, a man whose own body is excessively weak tracks him down in an attempt to explain his unique unbreakable nature. So it's kind of, I don't think it's giving too much away to say it's about somebody who realizes they might be somebody with real superpowers yeah. and if they could be a superhero there might be a villain out there they might have an opposite number waiting to take them down mm-hmm. really neat film pitch number two okay. is Birdman the ah. 2014 film directed by Alejandro Inaritu. this is perhaps the least conventional superhero story out of the three pitches this is about this is Michael Keaton playing a kind of character imitative of his own life after he was batman back in the 90s mm-hmm. he's playing an actor who was a star of this big superhero movie franchise called birdman and he stepped away from that and now he's trying to be a serious actor and stage this like serious broadway drama he's starring in it directing it he's so busy trying to like get this play off the ground and change the course of his career And he's kind of haunted by the specter of Birdman. Like this character he became known for is kind of following him around, like trying to get him to come back to be Birdman again. And this also has that kind of fuzzy, like, what are we really looking at here? Like, what's real? What's a hallucination? Mm -hmm. You know, is there some sort of real physical manifestation of Birdman or not? Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And pitch number three is the movie Megamind. Megamind. Is that the um, the a- animated one yes. from DreamWorks or whoever it was? I, I don't yeah, remember this who. A, it, this is a DreamWorks animated movie from, uh, I own the Blu-ray, 2010. Okay. And this is a movie about uh, a supervillain who finally manages to destroy his superhero. And he's so happy. He has this big victory parade. He thinks his life is made now that, you know, that guy was his worst enemy. He didn't fight a bunch of heroes. He fought that hero and that hero is dead and he's the winner. And then he finds his life has no purpose anymore. He's bored. He's sad. He misses the chase. So he takes some local schlubby guy and tries to give him superpowers just so that he has (laughs) something to occupy his time. Like, I need some sort of superhero back again for me to fight. And that guy ends up rising up to be maybe a greater villain than Megamind himself ever was. It's really funny. I remember Uh, it it being surprisingly great. I love this movie. I think it's really underrated and it's a really strong original superhero story. I wish more people talked about this thing. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so pitch number one was Unbreakable by M. Uh-huh. Shyamalan. Pitch number two was Birdman. Uh, and pitch number three was uh, Megamind. Yep, three d- very different movies. <laughs> very much so. Uh, I think I'm going to pass on Unbreakable because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would rather talk about the whole trilogy rather than just that one movie, even though mm-hmm. from what I've heard, it's probably more worth it to just talk about that one movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'll pass on that one. So it's either down to Birdman or Megamind. Um, I really want to go with Birdman because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, we should do that one then. Yeah, Birdman's great. It's really interesting. Okay. I think yeah, we could I've, have a I've heard long, solid conversation about Birdman. Awesome. Um, yeah, Birdman. I think mm-hmm. is what we will do for this this awesome. next this next week. I'm I, surprised you hadn't seen that yet. It it I, th- I think when it originally came out, it uh, it didn't really make it on my radar as to like mm. what it was or like why okay. I should go see it. And then by time I I heard like oh this is fantastic, you absolutely should go see it. I was like all right, well it's a little bit too late now. <laughs> so oh well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. <laughs> more on the art house side of things like i went to go see this one in the theaters and we had to go to like a real high-end art house theater across town because it was the only place we could find that was playing it interesting Art the local movie theater that we we have has this like separate building that i think is more like an art house like smaller venue theater but i've never seen anything it, 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 it i mean like i know they play stuff there from time to time but i like i've not been inside to be like what is this where am i <laughs> maybe one day yeah <laughs> cool so birdman for next mm-hmm. week then sweet yeah. uh well melissa where can the people find you on the interwebs you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and you can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on all the things. Uh, if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, all of our updates are at the Whatnots, uh, and uh, that has all the updates for all our other shows as well. Uh, whatnots.com is where you can find out more information. Go get this podcast and our other ones wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, patreon.com slash the whatnots if you want to support us like share subscribe sell your soul give us all your money <laughs> that would be great uh next week birdman yeah episode 53 for that one this has been episode 52 and we will see you guys next week adios bye <laughs>